Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, uh, soon-to-be father. Oh, wow. I did not even think about that title. That is... Fancy. I'm going to start calling you dad. Yeah. I think, well, you used to call me daddy. Maybe that's <laughs> oh, a similar thing. Oh, shoot. Um, I, but I'm also next to Will Hottie Patati Schmidt. Hottie Patati Schmidt. Well, we're in the, the internet well, zone. Yeah. I'm a little cold today, but I'll, I'll still take the Hottie Patati. Sure. Yeah, yes. the coldy Patoldy Schmidt. I don't have a cold. It, it is cold. Okay. Temperature-wise. Okay. Temperature-wise. <laughs> but uh, he's coming to us via Skype. Because of this little thing called the internet, right? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so he's our virtual sidekick today. So today we have a topic, I think it's just from Rick. Rick's the topic. He came up with a really good one. Yeah, vitamins and stuff. It's it's probably going to take us a couple shows to cover all this. We already covered minerals. We covered minerals in another show, so he's like, hey, why don't you do some vitamins? Oh, okay. I was just looking at his question up here about minerals. Anywho, but if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, I don't know what the hang-up is. Go to Kick It In The Nuts on Facebook and uh, like us, and that's where we post all of our future show topics. You guys can ask us questions. You can even you know, say, hey, why don't you do this show? Pitch it, you know? You can even see Rick's questions that he posts You can posts see there. Rick's questions. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's do this show because this let's might take it. us a while. So All let's, right. let's not fool around. Let's get at it. Okie dokie, Rick from Cary, North Carolina. I just heard the show you did about minerals. Oh, see, I just looked at the last word mm-hmm. and it thought it was about minerals. I should read more. Maybe. Let's do another one about vitamins. You've recommended that most people, the only vitamin they really need is a whole food source of vitamin C. So let's let's talk about that first. Then I I may have said that I don't know. Maybe I'm like ah, just take some vitamin C and shut up. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure where that if that's where he's got that from. But we do like to see people get a lot of their vitamins from their food, and we talk about accessing those vitamins better by improving digestion, so that you can really pull those out of your food. And humans need so much vitamin C and we're the only mammals uh, us and I think primates and guinea pigs are the only things that get ripped off that we don't make our own vitamin C everybody else is just like look how fancy I am I'm making I'm making vitamin C like that bird right now he's like look at this I can fly and make vitamin C and you can't do either of those <laughs> well we can we're getting to be able to fly yeah yeah I'm gonna work on that but still we got to take vitamin C and so that's a good thing that most people should supplement with. Uh, you can't really take too much vitamin C because you just pee it out, right? It doesn't really hurt you if you're overloading a little. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit too because uh, that's kind of the difference between uh, a water-soluble vitamin 
and a fat-soluble vitamin. Remind me in one minute. We're going to get to that. Oh, gosh. I have to hold that in my head for yeah, a minute? Yeah, I know. So you can't, wow. think of, you can't think about pretty things. Oh. So, Will, what's the big deal about vitamin C? Why is that such so important? Well, one of the, one of the main things, like just on a physiological level, other than its roles that we've talked about before in helping the body detoxify itself from uh, chemical agents like chlorine and fluoride, uh, it uses vitamin C to help like clear the body of toxins like that. But physiologically, structurally, one of the biggest things vitamin C does is it helps the collagen proteins in our body form crosslinks. So think of it like how good would a sweater that you knit be if you couldn't link any of the strings together? First of all, if I knitted a sweater, it would not work out well. It would <laughs> well, look... if Sarah knitted a sweater. Okay, that might that might uh, that might not work out well. I don't know that Sarah <laughs> knits either. I yeah. don't know that anybody knits in this group. Yeah, we have I'm no sure. knitters. We know April at the gym. She knits quite well. And your right. mom's a knitter, huh? Yeah. Doesn't Will have the captain of all knitting? My mom has actually been called the Jimi Hendrix of quilting. Wow. She's, kind of, she's a really good knitter. So if my mom wasn't allowed to cross-link the strings together, she couldn't make a sweater either, even though she's like one of the best quilters in the country. So wow. when that's how our body, um, when we're forming collagen, like in your skin or connective tissues, you, you have to be able to link those protein chains together. And vitamin C plays a critical role in uh, enabling those amino acids to do that. So when we don't, or those proteins to do that rather. So when we don't have enough, we see that collagen formation is impaired. And that's like to an extreme degree, you'll see things like scurvy where like the old sailors and pirates, used, their skin used to start falling off. And that's just like, that poorly knitted sweater, they you don't have the cross links to hold the collagen proteins together, so they start to come off real easy. Yeah, so think about it like all of those things are really important to rebuild structures of the body. We know that parts of the body break down every day and they have to be rebuilt. But that other side of the coin that Will was talking about, how the body kind of uses vitamin C to maybe it kind of can, can bind to some toxins so the toxins can be removed from the body safely. So think about how the body would probably prioritize those things. If you're, let's say that you're building like an add-on structure to your house, maybe you're adding an extra room, um, and so you're using your efforts to build that house, but then like 17 trucks pull up and start throwing bricks at you and you know attacking you, your attention is going to be towards the problem that's occurring it's not you're not going to say i'm going to fight you as soon as i finish this hanging door you got to go with what the problem is so the need for vitamin c seems to be increasing through time you know you look back and you're like well our our ancestors didn't take vitamin c and they were fine but the world was just a less toxic place the the food that they were eating was not just this garbage. So it seems that not only from the pollution that we breathe and that we drink and uh, the toxins that are in the food that we eat, there's just so many things that are building up that it seems like we need more vitamin C now than we did long ago just to deal with all the junk coming into the system. It's been longer than a minute. 
It's hard for me to keep this. Do you in want my to mind. say that just for a minute, and then we'll start yeah. like what water it? and oil? Something about water and oil soluble. You, yeah, it was fat soluble. Oh, <laughs> so you, you didn't even last a minute. But, but, let's, but when fat breaks down, doesn't it become like oily? There you go. Okay, then that was good enough. <laughs> All right. So, Will, was there anything else you want to hit on with C before we move on for that? Um, just also how you're talking about modern times and the changes in nutrition. That, yeah, there's more toxins, and at the same time, there is, in most crops and livestock, less nutrition present. Right. The the degradation of the quality of the soil that crops are grown in, there's both mineral depletion as well as um, chemical destruction of the microbiome that should be present in the soil. And that microbiome is really, really important in helping the minerals in the soil get into the plants that we eat and that the animals that we eat eat so yeah it's so there's a lot of less uh, available stuff there you know you can remember when uh you needed vitamin c you just thought we'll drink some orange juice and now when you buy orange juice not only is there less nutrients in there but now there's a bunch more sugar that when goes into your system the body's like man i need more vitamin c to deal with all this sugar and all these other additives and junk in there so it's tricky. Yeah, and there, I and mean, we've talked about there's maybe we should do a full episode on this sometime. Um, but that whole nutrition farming and sustainable agriculture movement is a really powerful way to restore the nutrition to our food, eliminate the need for chemical pesticides and herbicides, and at the same time, it actually fixes global warming. So check that out at thesoilstory.com. You can learn all about those details. But if you do get food that's grown using those practices of nutrition farming or sustainable agriculture, then you can get all the awesome nutrition that used to be in food way long ago in the food that you eat. Right. I get, we probably could do an episode on that. I guess we'll see if Rick suggests it or not. I don't, I don't even know how to do a show anymore if Rick doesn't suggest the topic. <sighs> Rick, he comes up with the good ones. Exactly. Rick's the fourth person on the show. The fourth? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's our fourth member. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he'll so, be coming up with things he wants to say, like announce. Okay, so what was the thing you were supposed to remind us about, Kenna? Uh, fat and water. Okay, <laughs> that was close enough. So when we look at vitamins, uh, they kind of broken up into two categories, and that's water-soluble vitamins and vitamins and fat-soluble vitamins. And the water-soluble vitamins are, are all the B vitamins, and C, and then the fat-soluble items are most of the other ones, the, the A, D, E, K. Um, so the, the, the difference in that is that with water-soluble vitam, vitamins, your body needs smaller amounts of those you know, all the time because if, if you bring in too much at once, you just kind of pee it out. That's why if you take too much vitamin C or even like a B complex, your pee gets real pretty. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it when the pee is pretty. But your body's just kind of getting rid of that. Okay, I can't use all this at once. I'm going to get rid of it. But the fat-soluble vitamins get stored uh, in fat and other places. And that's why those levels have a, you know, levels of those vitamins have an easier chance of becoming toxic to the body than a C and and the B vitamins that the body's just going to kind of pee out. Mm-hmm. That's all, hey, that's, that's all you have to say. That's all you have to say about that. He, he, he agrees. That was easy. That was yeah. easy. Will, Will was easy today. Yeah. No, that's that's right. Okay. So maybe what we'll do is uh, let's cover um, 
some of the water-soluble vitamins first, and let's just kind of go through and we'll just kind of talk about a few of them, uh, maybe what they do in the body, but also maybe our point of view of them. Um, so when you look at B vitamins, there's a lot that people may think that, that they may not even know that that's a, a B vitamin um, because you're looking at things like folate and thiamine and riboflavin and niacin and pantothenic acid, uh, which is also called B5 sometimes, and uh, biotin, and then, of course, B6 and B12, which most people know about. So let's look at B6 a little bit. Um, and we know that that's kind of helpful in helping our body to make antibodies, uh, to kind of maintain our nerve function, and it can uh, be used to help down break down proteins. But um, let's talk about the biggest factor that we talk about B6 with a lot, Will, and how it can be pro-catabolic. Yeah, sure. So B6 um, helps the body dynamically balance its pHs. So if you have taken like our, our almost free digestive issues course, you know about the self-tests of looking at your urine and saliva pH, and you would also know that there are ideal ranges for those things to be in. And um, the saliva pH ideal is around 6.8, and then urine pH can fluctuate uh, what the ideal level for that is a little bit depending on your breath rate. Um, but in general, it's close to 6 for most people is the ideal urine pH. So sometimes we'll get imbalances in our pH where the urine pH is like too high or too low. And sometimes also the same can happen with our saliva pH. So when we see the urine pH being too high, like if your urine pH is up around 7 or something, and your saliva pH is too low, like if your saliva pH is down like 6, then a lot of times we'll find people benefit when they take vitamin B6, usually in a particular form called uh, B6P5P. We'll see that help to lower the urine pH and at the same time boost their saliva pH, which is that is the direction that someone in that situation would want to go with their pHs. Right, and, and when the pHs are upside down, it, it just seems that the body can kind of operate in a backwards, upside down manner a little bit. Um, and... Uh, you can actually be like uh, weakening the vascular system and the linings and all that kind of stuff. So you, you really want to fix that when that's an issue. And we do see that uh, people feel a lot better when they can flip those back and get them the right direction. That doesn't mean that moving pHs is always the right way to just fix something. But this is an issue when they're upside down like that and it's showing that the system is really having a hard time functioning at all and, and communicating with itself that if you can flip that around, the body can kind of get back on track and start to work on some things in the correct manner again. So this can be a really effective thing uh, to help somebody if their pHs are really whacked. And that's probably the, the use that we use it for the most. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to SixFigureHealthPro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. One other, I'm glad we started off with this vitamin, well, I guess after vitamin C, but vitamin C B6 really brings out an important point about bioindividuality and varying the usage and, and dosages of the different nutrients depending on someone's personal body chemistry. And B6 highlights that 
partly because of something we mentioned before when we talked about essential fatty acids in a different episode and how the original studies that um, claimed to prove that polyunsaturated fatty acids were essential uh, did so because they they found that um, the rats in the subject in the tests or in the study that were not fed unsaturated fats developed um, some symptoms uh, that seemed like deficiencies and they thought initially that those were unsaturated fat deficiencies but in reality what had happened was that the rats that were on a fat-free diet were uh, they had a faster metabolism because the polyunsaturated fatty acids impair metabolism so as such those rats were burning through glucose faster and as the body performs functions, it'll use up vitamins and nutrients. And B6 is one in particular that is very, it's critical, a vital role in the usage of glucose. So those rats that had a fat-free diet were burning through glucose faster and using up more B6. So they developed a B6 deficiency because their diet didn't accommodate for that faster metabolism that they were allowed. And then they found that once they did supplement those rats on the fat-free diet with vitamin B6, then their problems were solved and they actually lived longer and lived much healthier lives than the rats on the polyunsaturated fatty acid diet. So that just kind of shows how our vitamin and nutrient requirements really depend on a whole bunch of uh, intricate factors. Right. And it's, and it's interesting to see, like, there's some problems that people deal with and imbalances that can occur in the body that we take B6 and help them uh, integrate that into their uh, diet and what they're doing. And it can really fix a lot of things. But you can't say to somebody, look, B6 fixes all these things because for a lot of people, especially if someone's, like, leaning too catabolic, uh, B6 is going to wreck them. It's going to put them in the dirt and, and make things a lot worse. Yeah, and, and on that topic too, I, I know an interesting thing uh, when we get to the fat-soluble vitamins is that you know for a long time everybody was promoting these low-fat diets and fat was evil, and a lot of these fat-soluble vitamins are harder to access when you don't have enough fat in your diet, basically to carry the vitamins through the system and help them to get to the right place. So um, a lot of people that really restrict fat consumption can create a lot of problems that way too. Mm. So let's get to B12 a little bit. Um, and B12 is one of the other strongest pro-catabolic uh, vitamins that they are. So it can be very beneficial with people who might be leaning a little too anabolic and uh, maybe dealing with some of those um, symptoms that come along with an anabolic imbalance, whether it be constipation or um, you know anxiety and things like that. But B12 uh, also helps in the formation of red blood cells, and it can also help move fat uh, into the mitochondria to be burned as fuel. So a lot of times when people are trying to lose weight, that's why they, you see so many people doing those B12 shots because it can help the body process fat for fuel. The problem is uh, there's a lot of those clinics that just do B12 shots for everybody that wants to lose weight. And if you're already leaning too catabolic, it'll basically make you kind of fall apart at the cellular level. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's also important to really familiarize yourself with the actual impact that the nutrient is having on you personally. Because these RDAs, they're just really generalized, and 
they're they're almost they're almost in a lot of cases do more harm than good because people uh, will like force feed themselves these nutrients because some list said, oh, I gotta have this amount. When really it would be much better if they learned, uh, and it's more complicated and more work. But if they learn like how to track the impact of a of any particular supplement or nutrient that they're eating by monitoring their body chemistry and and um, blood levels don't always do that. And that's why we really like to teach how to look at the the more telling self tests that can help you distinguish like, oh, did this B vitamin complex improve my body chemistry or not? And the self tests that we that we teach can help you figure that out. Right. What is what does Kenna have to say? Well, this is what I have to say. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. Yeah, that's what I had to offer. Yeah, you offered up some some nice stuff there. Yeah, it even sounded like it was a recording. I like it when like you can't even tell, like yeah, yeah, that you're even here. That doesn't happen very often. I know. Okay. One other thing um, that I'd maybe like to mention at the start is like, no way, forget. We're already past that. (laughs) You have to you'll have to try on next week's show. We're not really at the start anymore, but to define what a vitamin is is actually a more complicated thing than one might think. You might think, oh, just this is it. But um, Are you going to talk about that math formula? Yeah. No. no. Are you going to talk about some Greek and <laughs> Latin word? That no. It's actually, we're actually just kind of try to open up the, our understanding of what a vitamin is. So um, one article that Ray Pete was actually arguing for the validity of caffeine as a vitamin um, he starts it off by saying one definition of a vitamin is that it is an organic chemical found in foods, the lack of which causes a specific disease or group of diseases. A variety of substances that have been proposed to be vitamins haven't been recognized as being essential, and some substances that aren't essential are sometimes called vitamins. Sometimes these issues haven't had enough scientific investigation, but often non-scientific forces regulate nutritional ideas. So it just kind of like can shed a little bit of light of maybe we, we have to look more into like the actual functional roles and impact of all sorts of different nutrients as opposed to just following a list of like, oh, essential vitamins that the FDA said. Okay, so folic acid and folate, that's actually a B vitamin. And uh, folic acid is the one that they tell every pregnant woman to take because it's supposed to protect against specific uh, types of birth defects and such. Um, but there has been some evidence that uh, folic acid can cause a lot of problems, so we kind of switched to a folate form, and that's what we use. I use one called Quadra, Quadra Active Folate is the one that I use from Natural Reference. And Wow, you use that personally on yourself? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and actually it's not something that a man needs that much, but it's not really a, oh, a, a man-only type of thing. I know, You're I can really tell. a man? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really a man. Yeah. <laughs> that, and I can see where that confusion on your face. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not something that men would use a, a lot, and there are some there are there is some evidence that if a man gets too much, it can cause some issues. But really, it's a pro anabolic B vitamin, and so that can be beneficial if someone is a little too catabolic. And plus, in in that pregnancy mode, there's a lot of building going on, so it's nice to have something that helps it push things a little more anabolic. Um, but Will, did you have something to say about that? 
I, I don't have a ton to say on folate. I think you got it. Okay. <laughs> You're not trying to uh, get somebody pregnant right now, Will, and uh, using folate? No one eat folate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you would use that when you're like trying to get someone pregnant as a man. Well, there are some. Um, I mean, that's it's not going to work like a roofie. Oh, that's not what you mean. You mean you mean like that's trying what to Bill make Cosby someone use right. folate? Okay. Well, you're saying that you're trying to help. Much better tools in the toolbox. Game. Yeah, no, you're saying to help them be more fertile and yeah, to set up. Yeah, is that what you were for, saying? Is that... No, not really, but uh, they do recommend that. Once a woman is trying to get pregnant, you know, to go ahead and start prenatal vitamins ahead of time. You can go ahead and do uh, folate as well. Um, but so you were joking about you taking folate. No, I have taken folate oh. just to help myself put, be pushed more anabolic when I was very catabolic. Oh, I see. But um, it's not something that a lot of men would use a lot of the time. Um, but I, th- so I think that's it. But that's what most people know about. Some of these other B vitamins we'll just kind of knock out real quick, like thiamine. Um, can be good to help flow electrolytes in and out of nerves and, and muscle cells. And we talk a lot about problems that can occur when not enough electrolytes are moving through the system correctly. Riboflavin is, is a B vitamin that can be beneficial for growth, and it, it can kind of help us release energy from carbohydrates. And panathenic acid, which is called B5, is an interesting one. Um, it helps in the manufacture of red blood cells and even sex-related hormones. But it can really help us break down fats correctly. And uh, I have seen a number of clients that will have like a severe acne issue and will, of course, want to improve their bile flow because usually acne is a, a problem with bile flow where the bile is not dropping correctly and helping us emulsify those fats. But when that's not enough, sometimes B5 can give them a little bit of a boost and help them process those fats a little bit better and uh, clear up an acne issue. And it is it is also very pro-anabolic, so you wouldn't want to use very much of it with someone who might have an anabolic imbalance already. So it's important to know, looking at trest, self-tests and stuff, if you're going to use it in a therapeutic dose. You know, the interesting thing about all of our B vitamins is that, you know, the, the gut flora makes a lot of our B vitamins for us. Mm-hmm. And so when we're on taking antibiotics or something and wiping out everything and not replenishing that gut flora, you can start to lose some of these things uh, that we benefit from that flora from. Yeah, and that was that was an issue for a lot of people. I, I was experimented, well, I was vegan for a couple of years, and Oops. in studying the nutrition for that, a lot of vegans are really concerned about uh, supplementing with vitamin B12 because they tend to get less of that in their in their diet. So, uh, do you have anything to say on that, Tony? Well, yeah, we have talked a lot about uh, vegans and how, um, you know, the popular opinion is that if you're a vegan, you're not going to get enough B12. Um, but what we see is that just supplementing with B12 is not enough to fill that void because of all the cofactors um, that come along in animal protein and along with all those amino acids that are there uh, in the gelatin and such. So, um, if you are a vegan, don't feel like you can just supplement with B12 and you're filling everything in. There's still some holes that, um, that could cause problems without that. Yeah. And the, that's a really big point that I think we maybe we've definitely mentioned in other episodes, but we should definitely say it in this one is that vitamins are awesome, that it's great. We've identified their roles, but there's a ton of stuff in real food 
that we have yet to identify that is really, really important to have along with our vitamins. Um, I guess an easy explanation one would be if we were to look at ascorbic acid, that's the part of vitamin C that we can't make. So when you do supplement with ascorbic acid, your body can go to work and turn that into a fully functional form of vitamin C for a while. But that will, if you just take a ton of that, it will keep doing that until it runs out of those other cofactors that it uses to complete ascorbic acid into vitamin C. So over time, like you'll run out of those cofactors and then when you take ascorbic acid, it won't get to be synthesized completely to a functional form of vitamin C. And that is arguably probably also the case with most nutrients. All these other cofactors that come along with them in their natural food source uh, – you don't get that when you just take like a centrum vitamin or something. Right. And we're going to talk about that too uh, a little bit next week. We're going to have to wrap this up. But next week we – like Rick in this question that he supplied, he has a whole bunch of questions in it. So we're going to get to those next week and then we'll also start talking about um, some of the, the fat-soluble sol- vitamins like the A, D, E, and K. I don't have to remember anything for next week. For a whole week? You're not going to remember that. I'll be excited if you remember where the studio is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Today, all of our listeners can get a free audio book from audible.com. Just go to audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. You know that never gets old. I know. That's weird, never. right? <laughs> All right. So uh, we're done with the questions, huh? Uh-huh. We're going to wrap it up, and then uh, we'll get pick, pick up here next week. All right, Rick. You had a ton of them. We'll finish your uh, essay, your your thesis. <laughs> uh-huh. uh on uh, vitamins next week. Okay, if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at Kick It In The Nuts. Nope, at kickitnaturally.com. And you can go head on over to uh, Will Schmidt's mybodyofknowledge.net. He's got a lot of exercises and articles and all kinds of good information, half-nude photos of himself. You're going to want to check it out. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Will. Bye.